wonderful. You know, like a uh, grandfather comes in to see a grandchild when you've been away from him for a while, and you come in and you see, you know, I think you've grown. Something's different. I feel like that when I come here. I feel like I hear words and see people and see people interacting, and it's like, wow, things have happened since the last time I was here. So I just want to encourage you that if you're here every week and you're like, well, if only that person was here, or if only that happened, or if only that would have gone well, that's not really how it is. How it really is is that God is building a family of believers in the Spirit of God, and he's imparting gifts and callings and perspective and anointings that allow you all to respond and think, wow, we're not where we were a year ago. Amen? I remember one time um, I was in taking a vacation and took the little kids. I think they were five, three, and one, and now they're 40s. And we, were, we went up through from Monterey through I-80 in Sacramento and ended up in Reno area, and a friend of mine had said, hey, why don't you come and speak? And it was just this time of year. And so I came and spoke at this church, and the Lord gave me the message you're going to hear today. And it was one about perspective and about how the Lord, when he gives us his perspective, it can change everything. And so that's my hope for you today is that you hear a perspective, I think, from God that allows you to think, wow, maybe God can use me that way. Maybe God isn't done working in my life. If anything, God is just doing fresh things in your life that when we step into him, it's like, wow, that's available to me. So I've been so encouraged recently about people I've seen that have found Christ, people that have been healed, people that have been delivered. There have been things around me there have been things at my work. There have been things in uh, the lives of others that I'm around and just seeing God work in those lives that it's made me think about, wow, Lord, is there, is there a greater empowerment that you have for your church? And so it draws me to a passage here in Hebrews chapter 2 about not drifting. And this is what it says. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift where? Way. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And God also testified to it by signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So try and catch what the writer of Hebrews is saying. And the writer obviously wasn't there when Jesus was walking the earth, or at least he wasn't in touch with Jesus because he's hearing back from others that were with him face-to-face about what Jesus had said. And then he's recording that in this letter he wrote whoever that writer was. He says that if that message that was from the Old Testament was put into effect with angels, and that was binding, how much more is this message of Jesus 
binding in the sense of the grace of God coming through Christ and what he wants to do in our lives. Then he challenges us to wake up and pay attention and don't drift. Okay, writer of Hebrews, what are you trying to catch here? I think what he's trying to do is to help us understand that what God did then prepares us for what he wants to do now. And what he did then, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, he's the same what? So if God could do it then, God can do it now. Amen? If God can give ribbons then, God can give a gift now. If God can meet your needs back then, he can do it now. If God healed someone then, he can heal someone now. So next thing here. So we pay careful attention. We don't drift. Secondly, number two, is God confirmed his message of Jesus then. And that's that same text there in Hebrews 2.4, that same thing that says God will confirm his word and that God confirmed his word through Christ, through signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So that's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, and we'll be there this morning. So this is what caught me. What caught me like it did 30 plus years ago was the fact that God still wants to do signs and wonders in our lives. He still wants to do miracles in our lives. He still wants to distribute Holy Spirit gifts in a way that he gets the glory and we're able to be vessels through what he wants to do. We've kind of been sold a little bit of a bill of goods that only a certain kind of man or woman can move in the signs and wonders of God. They've got to have a mailing list. They've got to have a TV show. They've got to have a podcast. They've got to write a few books. They have to be somewhat well-known. And then we can like, oh, okay, that person moves and that kind of stuff. But when we get to heaven, you're going to see that it's a lot of people that no one knew that moved in those things. And God did affect because of their simple faith in God. Amen? And I'm a candidate for that. I'm a candidate to be someone that says, okay, Lord, use me today. Signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Use me in a way that people get changed, and they don't necessarily know I was the guy that was part of that. They know you did it, and they get back in bed and say, man, my life has changed because I encountered God today. Isn't that great? So that's my prayer for you is that that hunger that is inside you, that hunger that's there for more of God, doesn't just stay forth with you, but it comes through you and it comes to other people. So this kind of forced me to look back on the Bible and where signs and wonders and miracles, how they kind of affected in the Bible. Obviously, when God testified to that with Jesus, he did it. Look over at Acts chapter 2. And this is great. I just love how this passage, sometimes in sermon preparation, Sam, I don't know if this happens with you, but sometimes I jump in there and I find out what the Lord's saying is going to take a whole lot longer to ferret out than I thought it was. I give a period of time, oh, I'm going to prayer that sermon. He says, oh, that's not going to be enough time at all for what I want to do. I'm going to go here. Oh, no, that's going to lead to this and this and, and, and all that. And this was one of those. But 
Acts chapter 2, where Peter's talking about and trying to define what just happened with the Holy Spirit being poured out. Remember that story? And he quotes from Joel 2.17. He says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men, because of what we do, will dream dreams. That's right. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, plural, and they'll prophesy. And I will show wonders, here it is, in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood, fire, and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then Peter takes that and he applies it to the people listening. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. Jesus is our forerunner. What he does, he desires that we do. Of course, he's secured salvation for us. I could never do that for anyone. But Jesus says, I will do what you ask me to do, that the Father might be glorified in me, John 14. I'll do even greater things. You'll do even greater things because I go to the Father. You'll do even greater things. So signs and wonders and miracles. The apostles did them in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 4, there was a gathering of the church, kind of a prayer meeting at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Somebody had been arrested, and so they've got some stuff going in terms of prayer. And this is what they prayed. Stretch out your hand to heal, chapter 4, verse 30 of Acts, and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Sounds like they knew there was this example of signs and wonders that they needed to look to God for. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So there's the early church saying, okay, Lord, only you can do signs, wonders, and miracles, and we need you to do them because we're getting crowded by the enemy, and we're feeling like we're having to push back. Lord, bring signs and wonders through our lives. The enemy can't do that. He'll attempt it in terms of false signs and wonders, and those things have come and are coming. But what God does is transcend it. You look at, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you're online these days, there's a lot of AI stuff that's going on right now. Oh, my goodness. And it's only going to exponentially ramp up because it's cheaper than having people do it themselves, in my opinion. And so you read these articles or do stuff, and you're like, that, that word wasn't even spelled right. Have you noticed that? Or that, that thing, that's weird. And then you go back and you look at the byline of who wrote it, and it's like, that's a weird name on the byline of that thing. I saw one this week where someone was verbally saying something, and you could tell that the timing just wasn't quite right with what they were saying, and the article was kind of reflecting something as little, and that stuff's going to get better and better and better until discernment's going to be needed big time all the time with what we read and what we hear. And that's also how the kingdom of darkness is going to work with signs, wonders, and miracles. 
is he's going to try and do stuff. It won't be just right, but for the undiscerning and for those that are not spiritually connected and some crazily who have drifted, it's going to pull people away as if the very elect could be drawn away. So signs, wonders, and miracles in God's mind are meant to confirm the word of God, never take the place for it. We don't stop at a sign and say, oh, DeBarco, oh, I'm, de- I'm here. There's a sign that says, DeBar- no, you're not here. That just shows you where you're supposed to go. No, 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 DeBarco, that's, that's, that's what we want. That's what we want, the sign. You don't want the sign. You want the one who's directing you to where you want to go, and the signs confirm where you're headed, and they confirm to others that you're a man or woman of God, and they should listen to you. Are you catching that whole thing? Yeah, so signs, wonders, and miracles. From that prayer, things just kind of poop, exponentially go on. Stephen, the first martyr, he's there, and it was said of Stephen, Acts 6, 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace, performed great wonders and signs among the people. He was just a deacon. He was just a guy making sure people got fed. And then the Lord opens the door, and he starts, well, this I found this to kind of work, and, and people are, are finding Jesus, and people are getting delivered, and I, I, guess, I guess I'll just go with this. Good move, Stephen, good move. But it, he ended up losing his life for that. But what an incredible example of the Holy Spirit moving through a person like Stephen, who's known as the first martyr. Then you've got Paul, that Paul expresses the life of God and writes half the New Testament. But this is what he says about his ministry as he plants churches. Romans 15, he says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading Gentiles to obey God of what I've said and done by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Elyricum, that's over by Albania, or um, that's on the Adriatic Sea to the east of Italy, all the way to that area, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. What if, what if when we're preaching or ministering or talking to our neighbors or at the grocery store or wherever we are, what if when the Lord opens the door on talking about Christ, if we understood God's more than willing to give signs and wonders right now in this conversation? What about that? What about if the Holy Spirit sets up things in advance and we come in contact with people that need healing or deliverance or encouragement or a hug or a handshake or a comment that will change their life and perspective. What about if he set all those things up and if we're just cognizant of the fact that God expands the word of God and the kingdom of God through signs, wonders, and miracles that confirm what we say, what would that do? It'd be almost like, There's a fifth gear I've never used that's just sitting here 
And if I just engage at that level and say, Lord, what are you saying? What would happen? Boy, where would the effectiveness of our ministry go? I'm not advocating for a loud, over-the-top, weird kind of expression of signs and wonders and miracles and gifts. I'm advocating for a normal but supernatural view of our lives being used by God everywhere we go, all the time, as we're able to just remain cognizant of that. And I think that's why the enemy works so hard on trying to distract us with things that don't seem to matter, because he knows we've got this tiger in our tank, right? We've got this Holy Spirit thing here. What, what was the cereal? cereal? What was it? Sugar-frosted flakes. Got to leave the sugar in there. That's right. We, because we have this thing inside, and they're great. And God is great inside of you all the time. Christ within me, the... That's right. And I think Paul understood this. I think that Stephen learned it. I think the early church knew to pray for it because there's power that God does that we can never do. In fact, God's MO or modus operandi for showing his power has many, many, many times been signs and wonders and miracles. Delivering his people from Egypt. Moses, the Bible says, was a man who did signs and wonder. Showing, check this out, just, just some history. Love history, but book of Daniel. When the kings are talking about how they've encountered Daniel's God. So Nebuchadnezzar says, says it this way, with this dream that Daniel gave him that came to pass. Daniel 4. To the nations and peoples of every language who live in the earth, may you greatly prosper. This is his letter. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. I don't seek the sign on DeBarco. I seek God who uses signs to point people to him saying, only God could do that because God transcends nature. God made the world. He's not nature. We're not pantheists. We don't believe God is in everything. We believe God made it, and Jesus sustains it by his powerful word. But God is above it so that timing, he can cause the ribbon. Great story, by the way. Great story. He can cause the ribbon to be bought, fall off the car, or maybe an angel just like, window goes down, and then it's down there, and you're like, it wasn't even dirty. Was it dirty? No, it wasn't even dirty. It was like right in front of it. And, you know, angels coming, uh, coming around the corner. Can you get that window up there? Mm-hmm. There it goes. Now, posh it out there. Oop, oop, a little bit too much wind. Pull it back this way. There it is. Call, who saw it on the ground? Yeah. Were you driving? Okay. Cause Lori to say, say something to her husband and then look over. There it is. That's right. Okay, good, good, good. 
Everyone away? And there you go. We're done with that one. I mean, that's what God does, right? So people get up in the morning and they're thinking, I've got to have something today to get me through. Your, ma'am, your grand, grandson. Local? Richfield, right. Faith people? Yeah. But get up in the morning and think, Lord, how are we going to get through this day, right? Which God uses, of course, 100%. Which probably some of this is involved in that whole thing. Yeah. And then he shows up and he does that. And that's not just good medical science. That's God doing something phenomenal that he does. And then you share it with us. We all get encouraged. We come in contact with somebody that has them. We're like, wait a minute. God did something there. Fills me with faith to believe God will do something here. How he works. Incredible. Incredible. So um, then one of the famous things that Daniel got saved out of, what did he get saved out of? Uh, a what? A big lion's den. That's right. So then Darius, the next king's talking about this in uh, end of Daniel chapter 6. You can read Daniel. It's a good read on the whole book. The king says this, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, People must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. How about a, a president says, everyone in our country needs to fear and reverence Renee's God. That's how we're going to do it now. That's, that's everybody needs to do that. Get on board. So that's what he's saying. And he says, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed and his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves he performs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Even these kings perceive the fact that God is one who does signs and wonders. And then as we move towards application, praying with you about this stuff, here's maybe the, the verse that just kind of, blew my mind, or a friend from Kenya would say, nuked up my brain. Jeremiah 32, verse 20. He's reflecting back on the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. And Jeremiah prays this. He says, you perform signs and wonders in Egypt, and you have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind, and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders and by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and great terror. Wow, Jeremiah catches it, and I'm trying to catch what he caught, that God delivered his people and how wonderful signs and wonders are when they're involved in people getting delivered. Amen. Not just the church getting another bless me meeting. But how wonderful when God's flowing through us and people are being delivered and saved and filled and set free and families are being repositioned and perspective changes. And then in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is yours. 
And you brought the people out with signs and wonders and a mighty hand. Wow. I feel like as I was putting this together, I just feel like I'm connecting with one of God's purposes for the ages is that we have in Christ as he flows through us the ability for the Lord to do signs, wonders, miracles, and flow his gifts through our lives. How exciting is that? And that's not just the domain of educated or degreed or clean or foursquare. That's the domain of all believers in Christ. That there are signs and wonders. And sometimes those things flow better when I'm weak than when I'm strong. Sometimes when I'm kind of busted up and discouraged and I pray for somebody, you're like, oh, yeah. no, I, I feel better. You're like, what? Oh, I, I, I feel better. I feel like, oh, it's so good. I'm so glad to hear that. John Wimber, who was the fellow that with Ken Gullickson started the Vineyard Movement, they were going through praying for healing, and he talked about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, if not a year. And they just didn't see the kind of results they were praying for and hoping for. Finally, there's this one time where he gets a phone call, and this lady calls, and she says, can you, can you come pray for uh, my husband? He needs to go to work, and, and we're not going to make it unless he goes to work. And so John goes and prays for him and lays hands on him. And then he goes into his obligatory explanation of why everyone doesn't get healed when you pray for him. And uh, the guy is like, no, 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 I feel better. And he's like, what? Oh, no, no. Uh, you prayed for me, I feel better. And John's like, we got one! <laughs> and that kind of became the story that then helped people to understand there's not a one-to-one connection between how hard or long or whatever we pray. We just pursue God, and ultimately God does his work and does what he promises he will do. But I get to ride on the shoulders of Wimber at some point and say, man, what you paid the price for in praying for this has encouraged me to the degree now I'm able to share it with others and see it experienced in our own lives. Amen. So God wants to confirm, point three, you got it. God wants to continue today to confirm his son Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, Christ, the Messiah, the one promised through signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit using you, using me. So, signs. Take the word. Signs. When I look at signs, it's a word that means something that is going to follow, typically. Something that's going to confirm. In the book of Mark is, for me, just a tremendous explanation of the signs of the Lord, where at the end of Mark, Jesus says, and these signs will follow those who accompany and will accompany those who believe. Yeah, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, dot, 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 dot. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak anew. They'll pick up snakes, won't hurt them. They'll drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them at all. And they'll place their hands on sick people and they'll recover. So these signs will follow. 
And I realize that the kingdom of God has a dynamic that it's fully here, but not fully here yet. Jesus came and the kingdom operated through his life. And we're stepping into all of that, but God doesn't do what I demand, right? He does what he purposes, but he uses me and delights in using weak people like us, his glory to behold, right? That being said, if I understand that it's like God's going to do signs and wonders and he's going to do signs when I do things in Jesus' name and I can expect for someone to be healed, I can expect if I drank that, I thought that was going to get sick off that. I'm not going to. I can expect that when I speak and take authority over demons that I have power. I can expect as a normal Christian spirit-filled believer, I can speak in tongues. And I can expect at points where someone else speaks in tongues that God might give me the interpretation of that. That kind of puts me on another wavelength of saying, wow, God could use me anywhere to do some of that stuff. And those are signs that follow. The word wonders, the idea of something that is to be looked at. The plagues that God brought on Egypt that were signs and wonders and people caused to be looked at. Miracles, instantaneous things. Maybe for me in the physical realm, I've maybe said this here before, but maybe for me in the physical realm, the difference between a healing and a miracle is a miracle happens instantaneously. Where I've learned to be encouraged even with healings, that even if it takes time, right, I'm still going to believe all the way, all the way, that he's going to take it all the way, and there's no ill effects there. And I'm going to take that from the Lord as much as I would take something that's instantaneous. It's funner maybe the first way, but quite possibly maybe for me, there's some character issues God's working in my life that in that healing over a period of time, I'm the beneficiary of versus if it was just that. And I'm not, that's not saying God doesn't heal miraculously. I just don't want to question him. He's got his purposes of what he wants to do. It's not even to say God brings sickness. I think God uses it to get his glory. So lots of theological things there, but... Miracles, instantaneous power events that only God can do. I'm skiing on Mount Lassen. I might have told this story. apologize if I did. I fell off a trail um, on cross-country skiing. I twisted my knee. It was bad. Got me back to the cabin. We're there. Can't leave for a few days. What can we do? Well, we can pray. Can you pray for me? Yeah, we can pray and pray and pray and pray. And after three days, my knee was completely okay. I'm still amazed at that, but it was a three-day process, and it began to help me understand, okay, all right, it wasn't instantaneous. God did something the moment we asked, but we stayed after it, and my family and people stayed after it, and by the end of the three days, I'm in good shape. So healing, miracles, maybe that's a little bit of a distinction there. And then he says, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his word. Let's see if we can get the nine of them there. So, gifts of the Holy Spirit from 1 Corinthians 12, what would one be? Pardon me? Mm, Gifts of the Holy Spirit, we'll get that. That's a good gift, and he does give that. 
but those supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, nine of them. Mm, that's a motivational gift again, not, not trying to gift from the Lord. You betcha. The power ones that you talk about in a charismatic church. Now, prophecy, there's one. Okay. Healing, there's one. Discerning, that's right. Uh-huh, exactly. Gifts of tongues. That's at the end of the book uh, of First Corinthians. Good gift. I think what he's talking about here are the things you carry with you that manifest at a particular time. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I think that's what that writer was talking about are those gifts that come and go as you need them. So we got four of them. Miracles, that's right. Five. Healing was one. That's right. Interpretation of tongues. Faith. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge. Right. Those things that you can, again, my opinion, but I think that's what the writer was angling for, those things that you carry with you that when you need them, they're there even when you don't kind of know you need them. Like you walk by a person and your heart kind of stays with the person. Do you know what I'm talking about there? You're just like, oh, just something's going on here. Renee, do you have a story about that? Oh, I'd love it. Do we have the wireless mic right there? Thank you so much. Oh, excellent. This is so good. Thank you. So, um, there were several miracles that happened in uh, one fail swoop, but um, Jess and I uh, love Alpha. And um, this is a place where it's like a 12-week or 15-week uh, course where brand new Christians or... We're going to move you right to where the camera is for all this. Thanks, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We're brand new Christians or people who um, have been sitting on the fence um, would like to come and find out answers about basic Christian principles. Anyway... Jess and I hadn't done it for seven, eight, nine years, I think. We did it previous to that. And so we were waiting for confirmation on that. And I need a lot of confirmation. But the miracle was uh, we met Josh and his wife uh, through, uh, he saved us a lot of times with our mechanical work. <laughs> and he is a diesel mechanic. And um, he ended up coming to our place to lease property. And in that process, we were just, we didn't know them very well, but we just knew they were good people, and we knew God put them on our heart. Well, um, one day, he's just recently there, so like three days, yeah, <laughs> and he's out there, and um, I was cleaning my, my uh, stalls, and I was coming out, and I felt the Lord just get a hold of me, like Reese was saying, and he was like, I need you to go pray with that guy, and I'm like, What? like that. I'm sorry. I always say this. That Viking looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go over there right now? Yes. I'm like, oh. So I go over there and I'm like, uh, Josh, you know, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, mm, yeah, kind of. I'd like to get to know him better. Oh. And I was like, oh. And so then it's like, well, I'm supposed to pray with you. And so we prayed about, uh, relationship. We prayed about profitability for his business and about getting settled in and uh, all the stuff. And the confirmation in the miracle for us was that uh, he was honest enough to say, yes, I would, 
let's pray. <laughs> and I was shocked by that. I don't know why, but I was. So, um, and then uh, after that, I'll let you tell the rest. So, uh, Renee, it was about day three that uh, I was there on the property around the space, and she just came up to me and was like, hey, I, can I pray with you? I, I feel like I need to pray with you. Uh, and the whole thing about, you know, do you, do you believe in, oh, yeah, I can't. Do you believe in God and faith and all that? And I said, well, yes and yes and no. I, I, I want to. I just don't know how. And uh, so she, she prayed with me, and it wasn't, but I don't know, I think it was later that evening that I was talking with my bride, and uh, she had told me about Alpha. Renee didn't really mention a whole lot about Alpha to me, but my wife did. And uh, she's like, you know, I kind of like to check it out. Renee and Jess are putting it on, and, you know, it's, it's informative. I'm like, yeah, let's go check it out. So in a matter of days, uh, it went from me being just some random person on their property to now I'm in my own walk with, with God. Oh, um, and it all unfolded in a matter of less than a week. Yeah. It was, wow. it's been pretty incredible, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Josh, as you're, and you guys stay there. Yeah, I think we should give the Lord a hand on that one. Awesome. So was it weird that she came up to you or what, did it just seem like it was like, that's an interesting but good time? Uh, I wouldn't say it was weird. Yeah. It was, um, I guess, a little odd, something out of well, out of what I'm used to, mm -hmm. you know, interpreting in the world and people in general. Uh, but weird? No, welcoming. Definitely welcoming. Nice. Yes. Well, if, was there something about that day that made it any different that you might have been a touch more open to that at that point? Uh, well, the day was a little bit on the stressful side, mm. just moving into a new shop and having customer demands needing really? met really? and trying to set the shop up and just a lot on my plate. Um, and I pretty much do this single-handedly. So uh, her just pulling me aside and wanting to pray just in that moment was warming, oh, welcoming. Yeah. Like, nice. Uh, something, nice. something, so, there's something out. Somebody's looking out for me. Something's... Nice. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Lord. Powerful. Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> so good. So good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. We were at the beach. <clears throat> My wife and I were at the beach. We got back um, Friday. And we stopped in Salem to meet a couple for a meal. <clears throat> it was sweet, and people have been a part of our lives for a while. I'm in the restroom. There's a guy there, fully tatted, and uh, young, and buff, and I said, how you doing, man? He says, I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to 2024. I'm like, really? He says, what are you looking forward to? He says, having a baby. That's so exciting. Your first, my seventh. <laughs> and I said, and this is all I said. This is all I said. I said, well, God bless you with that baby. And I reached over and put my hand on his shoulder. He'd already washed his hands and I'd already washed mine. <laughs> and he said, thank you, sir. And I realize I'm kind of like getting older, so people say that. And I'm like, shut up. You don't need to call me that. <clears throat> but he says, thank you, sir. That means a lot. And I, 
I'm like, wow. And then we're walking out, and I tell the, the uh, maitre d' person, the person in the front, I said, hey, great meal, by the way, which it was. Tell the cooks that was a great meal. And the guy looks at me again there, and he says, thank you, sir, for that. And I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? Was, was the baby unexpected? Was there a dad that wasn't in his life that never gave him the encouragement that by touching him, John, you know, what just happened there? Because something occurred there when all I did was just put my hand on him. Hey, God bless you and God bless that baby in 2024. I think something occurred kind of like there, Josh. And I'm hopeful. I mean, I probably could have gone farther with that whole thing, but they're waiting for me at the meal, and it was all that. He's headed back, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of what I had at that point. I'm just glad I did it. I'm glad you walked over and just said, hey, go, go pray for that guy. Was, was it a loud voice that told you that? Was it a, did you hear it? Where did you hear it? In the still small? No. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how long the argument can be in our mind to try and do God's will? And how many times we can say no in the course of three seconds, but God still wins. Amen? Amen. Hey, if you're desirous of being more used by the Lord in signs and wonders, can you just take a posture of uh, hunger towards him? And Josh, thank you for responding. And Renee, thank you for doing what you did. Lord, we just are hungry to be used by you. You're the best thing that's ever happened to us. Amen. Lord, you're the best thing. And we believe your word and we believe Jesus and we don't want to drift. We want to pay attention to what you're doing in 2024. And Lord, like you said to that church, 30 plus years ago and the pastor walked up and said hey I think we've got our marching orders for the year I pray you would give us marching orders here Lord that you want to use us in signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit help us Lord to be unafraid of making mistakes amen folks yeah Lord help us to be unafraid of making mistakes Lord when you lead us help us to follow when you tell us to do something, help us to do it. When we see you doing something, help us to do what we see you doing. You know, I sense that there's some folks here that you've kind of heard this before, but you've heard it in a real religious, maybe overly dramatic kind of way, and it kind of turns you off to it, right? I think the Lord wants this to be naturally supernatural for you. That this just becomes kind of who you are because of Jesus' follower. If you've had some bad experiences that have kept you away from the Lord using this, would you just tell the Lord that? Say, Lord, 
kind of backed off in this area. Let me just tell him that and ask him to wash that away. Holy Spirit, we ask you to just wash away the, the weirdness thing and the fear thing because of bad examples or whatever. Lord, wash that away in Jesus' name. And for those of you like Josh, they're kind of new, but you're willing to jump in and do this. Would you just receive that empowerment from the Lord? Can you just tell him that? Lord, we receive. We receive the empowerment from you to use us, Lord. Mightily. In Jesus' name. When the early church prayed for this, in Acts chapter 4, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'd ask the prayer team, and I'll be up here too, but if there could be a prayer team available for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that is a life changer. We receive Christ into our lives. Oh, so wonderful. And then normative Christianity is that we're filled with His Spirit, and Nikki Gumbel in uh, Alpha says it goes from being a pilot-like Christian to a whoosh Christian. That the Holy Spirit comes in and he fills every part of you. In fact, could you guys be available too to pray with people who fill the Holy Spirit and other um, ministry teams here too? But if you've never done that, that is kind of opens the door, if you will, for the power of the Holy Spirit to work through our lives through signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can I pronounce a blessing for you? And then, uh, Pastor Sam, could you come back up? Lord, I thank you for a growing church, Lord. Thank you for a church that grows in their love for you and their love for each other and their love for the community and the love for their neighbors and coworkers and employees and friends all around them. We pray your spirit, Lord, in 2024 would flow through Living Way Fellowship and this body of people would be marvelously added to by people that receive Jesus and are delivered from sin and are loved in an unlovely state that they are in and drawn into a family of believers, Lord, that loves you. Be glorified, Lord, through us this year, we pray. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Praise the Lord.